right, I wanna welcome all of our campuses, those on the South Shore, Gulf Coast, Baton Rouge, our online audience every week, those that are joining us Facebook Live. I wanna welcome you guys to part two of our series entitled, Not Alone. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have you guys, yes. So we are in a series uh, that I do a similar series, different topics, uh, but same theme every year after Easter. I like to do a relationship series uh, where we'll talk about different dynamics of relationship. By the way, last week, if you weren't here, I want to encourage you uh, to download the message. I talked about God's biblical blueprint for marriage. And I use the analogy that a builder doesn't just start building a room. You know, I want to build a house. Well, let's just we'll add this here. No, no. That a builder builds off of architectural what? Say it. Plans, a plan. So in other words, a builder has a plan and builds according to plans. And I said, I think it's important for us that we understand that when we set out to build our relationships, when we set out to build our marriages, those of us that are married, we, we need to build according to God's plans, not according to culture, not according to what we see on TV, not according to what some talk show host says, but what does God say about his design for marriage? A biblical blueprint for marriage. Today, I want to continue our series. By the way, next week for Mother's Day, uh, you do not want to miss it. Uh, we're going to do something special for moms. Uh, it's going to be a great, great message to encourage the moms. But today, I want to talk to you about something. I've only done it one other time in 20 years. Uh, Church of Kings started 20 years ago. I've only done it one other time on the weekend. I want to talk to you about what it means to be single and satisfied. Now, don't don't tune me out. If you say, well, Pastor, I'm married. Well, time out, time out. You may know somebody that's single. You may be widowed at some point in time unless you're going to go to heaven at the same time. The fact is we all have got to understand what it means to be single. Everyone say single and satisfied. Now, I want to share just a couple of things. These are literal tweets from single people. Okay, I did not make this up. These are funny uh, I just want to say this. I got this off of the internet, which means it's absolutely true. <laughs> Anything you see on there, it's just straight from, yeah, that's right. But anyway, so, but, but this, so this is not me, all right? I didn't make this up. This, I just thought this would be funny. Oh, this is from a guy. It says, relationships are mostly, uh, it's a single guy. He goes, oh, relationships, uh, well, they're mostly apologizing for saying something hilarious. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, th that wasn't good. But let me give you this one. Here we go. Now, this is good. If you don't laugh, you're not safe. Here we go. <clears throat> Recipes are like online dating websites. They never end up quite like looking like the picture. Come on. I didn't say it. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Oh, man. Some, some of you guys may not know, but, but um, in my 20s, so I went to college, and I went to Bible school. Then I went to seminary after that. And it was interesting. When I was uh, after Bible college in 1993, I moved back to New Orleans. I was in Dallas, and, and I was, for a season of time, I was a, a singles pastor for a couple years of the 18 to 30-year-olds, all right? So that age group, they had a different uh, person that pastored the older ones. Interestingly enough, uh, um, you know, I remember talking, and I would do little singles talks, you know? We would encourage people at Friday night once a month, and, and I had a mentor that was kind of raising me and another guy up. It's interesting. Uh, when, I, when I was putting the talks together, I would often go through different things that singles think about themselves, different thoughts that they would have. Now, remember, I'm single, but I'm also a singles pastor at the time. So I'm encouraging people, 
And I'm also believing God that, Lord, if she's in here, Lord, show me. Praise God. But anyway, matter of fact, reminds me of my friend. He said, I, said, I was always during worship. I was looking around. I said, bro, you got to look up. God's up. He said, God may be up, but she's not. And then he used the Bible verse on me. You ready for this Bible verse? Here it is. You got it ready? He goes, doesn't the Bible say watch and pray? I said, you're doing a lot more watching and praying. Come on, you know what I'm, Where is she? Holy Spirit, show me, show me. By the way, I think it's a great place to meet somebody in church. There's nothing wrong with that. As a single Christian adult, I, I became a Christian when I turned 19, and I was, a, I was single, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, going into 20, to be turning 27. It's interesting the expectations that people have on you, right? And, and because there's this subtlety in our culture, it shifted some, but there's this subtlety that if you're single, it's almost like your life's somewhat on a holding pattern. And there are people, well-meaning people often ask you a question, and I actually get two questions. One was, Steve, like, so like, is anybody in your life, you know, and maybe not when you're 19, 20, but you know, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, going to 27 years, that's like, like, so, you know, is anything happening? You, you know, so like, you good? Everything? Like, anybody? Like, and I would get the second question because I was going into ministry, which really is weird to people. Matter of fact, people would say, the relationship question, the second question is, hey, Steve, like, when are you going to get like a real job? <laughs> I felt good about myself, you know, after that. There, isn't there some pressure that single people feel in our culture? Almost like there's this, this, almost like, and I say this respectfully, almost as though there's this, like, you're just kind of, well, you're, I mean, you're a person, but, but you're just not quite fully, well, you're not, you haven't found your soulmate, so there's an implication that you're kind of, well, you're not complete. Boy, isn't that a lie? I wrote this down, the philosophy of being sold to singles today is often that you're a nobody until you're in a relationship. Really? That's a lie. There's two problems with this. Number one, you won't enjoy your current existence. You'll always be waiting for that day. I had a girl tell me one time, I'm not going to any more weddings unless I'm wearing the white dress. <laughs> it's funny, but it was also very revealing. It's painful. You feel like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not? Why, why, you know, and I'm, and, and then you put on the smile, right? Because you want to be, you know, because it's a friend of yours. You want to be excited for them, but, but inside, you're really almost like, what's wrong with me, God? Why, when is my turn? And when is this? So number one, you won't enjoy your current existence. You'll always be looking that somebody out there is going to make you feel complete. Number two, you could marry somebody prematurely in an effort to feel complete, not marry God's best. Hang on. However, once you say, I do, you did. Time out. Don't you dare go home and say, Pastor said, you're not God's best. Don't you do that. That's a lie. I didn't say that. You know, people can make you say anything you want. I didn't say that. I know God restores and gives people another chance, obviously, and forgives. But I will say this. I think that we need to be in a posture that we're looking up more than that we're looking out. It's interesting when you begin to think in the Bible, pastor, does God have anything to say about this? Yes. Number one, let me give you four biblical aspects to singlehood. And again, if you're married in here, this applies to you. Either you know somebody that's single, you have a child that's single, uh, maybe you're single again, whatever it is, these are biblical principles really of us being whole in Christ. All right. Let me give you four biblical aspects to singleness. Number one, here's the first one. You are complete 
in Christ. I didn't say you are complete in marriage. I said you're complete in Christ. And I'm for marriage, by the way. I'm married, been married 24 years, but I'm not made complete because I'm married. I'm complete in Christ. No romantic relationship will make you more satisfied and complete than Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, oh, pastor, yeah, that's good for you to say. Well, I was a single person for eight years. I mean, I know. I mean, I've walked in that. I've been through that. And I realize this scripture is so important. Beware lest anyone cheat you. Don't let culture cheat you. Don't let somebody in church cheat you. Cheat you of what? Through some philosophy and empty deceit, some lie according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Well, what is the lie? Well, the lie is, is that you're a half person until you get married. That's a lie. For in him, all the fullness of the Godhood bodily dwells. And you are complete in what? Say it, in him. Not in marriage, but in Jesus. Wow, Pastor, I never thought of it that way before. Your spouse compliments you, but Christ completes you. Your spouse compliments you. Obviously, God is in the marriage. I mean, obviously, he blesses it. The institution, the covenant of marriage. But you are not made complete in marriage. You're made complete in Christ. Then people say, if I get married, you know, it's going to cure all these things in my heart. Let me give you one. If I get married, man, it's going to cure all my sexual lusts. Oh my gosh. Can I help everyone? I want everyone, every campus to look at me. If you have a lust problem, marriage doesn't make it better. It actually makes it worse. If you get married, you don't walk in a restaurant and just look at your spouse. Now you're looking at everybody, including your spouse. Are y'all with me or not? The fact of the matter is that we've got to allow the Christ to be lordship over our sexual desires as a single person so we bring a wholeness into our relationship and our marriage. If God calls you to be married in that, Important that we understand that. Boy, got quiet in church. Come on, pastor. My Lord Jesus. Satan tempts us based upon our loneliness and our unmet needs, and he tries to take advantage of us. I've been there before. We've all been there before. Where he comes and he begins to lie to us and tries to get us to meet our own needs according to our own way, our own desires. But the problem is, the problem is we bought into this lie. We're waiting to become whole, thinking a person will make us whole. Pastor, wait, time out. Didn't you just say last week, didn't you just say last week, time out, Pastor Steve, that, 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 that when God brought Adam and Eve together, they became one flesh? Doesn't Paul use the same analogy of one flesh? Ephesians chapter five, watch this. Ephesians chapter five, Paul says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, indeed be joined to his wife, and the two shall become what? Say it. One flesh doesn't mean that you lose your personality. It means there's a spiritual blessing over that union of husband and wife. Let me tell you why this is so important. Listen to me very closely with what I'm about to say, all right? A half person and a half person doesn't make a whole marriage. I wasn't great in math in high school. I've gotten a little bit better as I go. Let me show you some multiplication. This will help everybody, all right? I'm giving you the picture. I'm trying to expose the lie. The lie that we've got in our mind. One times one equals what? Everybody say it. One. A whole person and a whole person make a whole marriage. What does a half person and a half person make? A really poor marriage. Pastor, do you say that you got to be perfect to get married? Absolutely not. Trust me. Ask my wife. I'm in process. I remind her of that all the time, by the way. She gets mad at me. Steve, I'm like, I'm in process. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still growing in Jesus. I'm in process. I'm in a crock pot on low. But anyway, so <laughs> the goal is I want to become a person that's whole. What does that mean? I want to be a person that's growing in Christ where my affections and my desires, I, I, I'm not, I, if I'm looking for someone to complete me, guess what? Then I'm always going to be putting an expectation on them that only God can meet. And I'll be looking to more what I get out of my marriage than what I can give to my marriage. Man, that's good preaching. I just got to amen myself. <laughs> Question I often hear. I want to answer some questions. Pastor, how persistent should I be in my search to find my spouse? What do I do? Proverbs 18, 22 says this. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, what does it mean to find? The word find actually means to discover along the way. In other words, I'm growing in God. I have a relationship with God, and I look up, and, and this other person, for Jennifer, for me and Jennifer, I look, she's pursuing Christ. I'm pursuing Christ, right? I'm trying to be, not because I'm a pastor, not because I was training for ministry, as a single person. This doesn't apply just to pastors. Whatever you are, you're, you're pursuing God. You're growing God. You're getting healthy in your emotional life, your spiritual life, your intellectual, and every part of who you are, and you're pursuing Christ. You want to make a difference with your life for Christ, and you look up, and so, oh, wait, they're doing the same thing. So I'm looking for a match of destiny. I'm looking for somebody that's going in the same direction, not professionally, but there's an expectation of we want to do something in God. I want to do something with, in God now, but I want to do something in God with you together. i never forget, I went to, a, to, after college, I went to a school called CFNI, Christ for the Nations. They also called it Alias Brides for Nations. Man, the ladies would come there, man, they just wanted to get married, so they'd just be worshiping, you know, and just kind of throw their number. <laughs> You just kind of, you know, just kind of, just, just got to put the number down, you know. Did you get that? But anyway, so I think the guys, I mean, it was just, every, I mean, it was the whole point. If you, if, you, if you didn't know what you were going to do at the end of Bible school, where you, where you were called, what you were going to do, and if you weren't married, I mean, you just felt like you're just weird. I was both, I didn't know where I was going to go professionally, and I wasn't married. Didn't have a girlfriend. It's interesting the route that people will go through. Are you pursuing Christ? Are you becoming the man that you're supposed to be? Are you becoming the woman that you're supposed to be? All right, number one, we are complete in who? Say it, Christ. Number two, God's ultimate will for us is for us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Life, I want everybody to hear me at all of our campuses. Life is more about what you're becoming than what you actually are doing. Not that doing is not important, but becoming is of essence, the essence of who you are. Are we growing in Christ-likeness? Are we getting meaner and harsher the older we get? Are we growing in the sweetness and the self-control and the beauty of Christ the older we get? Does that make sense? The fact is, is that what God's made us to be as followers of Jesus is not a static thing. It's, an, it's a moment we get saved, but it's an ongoing process. Why am I saying this? Singleness is a great time to get healed, get built up, get encouraged, and be restored. I got to be honest. I was very messed up, very promiscuous as a teenager and into college. And I had a messed up mind about the opposite sex. My brain, and I had to have, a, the Bible, Paul talks about renewing of the mind. Romans chapter 12, we need to be renewed in our mind. So I, I, I wanted to get healthy. 
I wanted to get healthy, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. I had people lay hands on me. I wanted to get count. I would do everything. I wanted to get well because I knew in my heart I needed help. And that season of singleness is a season that you have. Make it an aim. Make it your goal. I want to grow in Christ. I want to develop in Christ during the sea. I want to develop. I want to be the man. I want to be the woman, ladies. I want to be the person that God called me to be. And I want to fully grow internally as much as I'm growing externally by way of impact professionally. Are we growing in Christ likeness? And this girl told me one time, and I think I just said this, or maybe in the last service, she said, Pastor, I'm not going to any more weddings unless I'm wearing the white dress. And I said that earlier, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a frustration there, and there's a focus that's wrong. The focus needs to be on Christ, his kingdom, his purpose, what God's doing in you. What is God doing in you? What is he doing in you? Become a dynamic woman of God. Grow, be strong, healthy, spirit, soul, and body. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste, let me tell you, maximize who God's called you to be. Get every, get every vestige of life out of that season that God's called you in. It's a season. Oh, let me give you the third one. Being single does not mean that you've been rejected. Do you know there's a difference in being rejected and the spirit of rejection? Let me just qualify this with every single person. If you're not married, watch this. Don't miss what I'm about to say. If you're not married, it's because you've chosen to not be at this time because you could lower your standard, marry anybody. Find somebody on the interstate, go right up to Gatlinburg. It's done. <laughs> 10 bucks. His name's Chuck. <laughs> so you could be married. You do realize that but you're holding out because you want to marry the right person. That's wisdom. That's a good thing, okay? But the reality is, is that we've got to understand the season that we're in. God's not rejected you. He's preparing you. If you see it as rejection rather than preparation, you think Jesus was rejected? Yeah, he was rejected in the sense on the cross. He took our sins, but he was in preparation to be the Messiah. He was in preparation as he was walking with his disciples. God was doing something. God was working. God the Father was working around him. And there was all kind of things that were happening in the life of Jesus in his humanity. And there's things that God is doing in you and your humanity. God is working things out of you and God is working things in you. God was working things out of me. God's still working things out of me. But God is still putting things in. Singleness is not a stigma. It's a season. And you've chosen. You've chosen to, to grow yourself, hopefully, and to develop yourself and to, and, 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 to, and, to, and to maximize the moment that you're in. It's a season to have good friendships, good relationships. I had to learn how to have relationships with People of the opposite sex. I had to learn and renew my mind of how to have sisters and good friends that were girls. That it, that, that it wasn't just something where I was going to get my needs met, but it was something that I was going to enter into to give more than I was going to receive. Something that I was going to sow into rather than just trying to reap from every relationship. By the way, Stay, it's good to be in groups with friends. It's good to develop healthy relationships with men and healthy relationships. That singleness is a season. Everybody say a season. It's a season to grow. It's a season to develop. It's a season to get whole. It's a season to be healthy. Why? Because one times one equals one. 0.5 times 0.5 equals 
We want to be strong in God, healthy in God. Number four, your singleness allows you, I'll close with this, your singleness allows you a gift and a season for extraordinary service and purpose. It's a gift. It's a moment in your life. If you look over the, 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 the gravity, the whole life that you made, if you look over it in a linear fashion, your whole there's a moment that God gives you to maximize growth and development. Listen to me, I'm about to close. This is important. Paul the apostle said there's something about the single time in your life. There's something about that season in your life. There's something so special. There's something so powerful about that. Listen, whether you're single, whether you're single again, unless you're a widower, a wid whatever it is, I'm telling you, there's something about that of an extraordinary moment for fruitfulness in God. You show me a single person that is engaged in God or an empty nest or couple. The kids are gone. Look, I get it. I understand. I've got four children. Some of the older ones are getting older. I've still got a little daughter who's nine years old. You, you've got you've to concern yourself with other things. But when you're single, man, you'll never have this opportunity again. Paul the apostle said this. Here's what he said. It's powerful. He says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Look at the next verse, verse 33. But he who is married cares about the things of the world. You should. How he must please his wife. That's important. That's appropriate. Without care means literally, the word without care literally means waiting upon God. God is looking, I wrote this down. God is looking for single people who are fully attentive to him, waiting upon him, looking to him, yielded completely to his will. Singleness can be the greatest season of contribution that you can ever have into the kingdom of God. Why is this? You have time and opportunity before you. Don't let frustration market, let fruitfulness abound. It's a time of fruitfulness. I wrote this down. Go on a mission trip. Volunteer. Serve. Take care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally. Professionally develop. Go back. Take courses. Go get your graduate degree. Go to college. Get more classes. Work out. Be healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically. Run a marathon. Run a triathlon. Whatever it is, fully engage. Don't listen. Don't wait for him. Wait upon God's purpose for your life. Look for God. Look for what God's got. Man, I lost about half the men in the church, but that's all right. But I would say the same thing to men. Men, go for God. Pursue God. Develop professionally. Develop personally every area of your life. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to look up one day, and you're going to see somebody else pursuing Jesus. You're going to see somebody else growing in God. They're going to catch your eye. And let me just talk about this for a moment. I don't believe in missionary dating. You know, missionary Dennis, yeah, I'm just going to date them. I'm going to lead them to Jesus, and then I'm going to make them a great spouse. I mean, you know, we don't change anybody. You don't. I've been trying to change Jennifer for years. doesn't work. <laughs> we don't create people in our own image. We, we let Jesus. Is that right? Trust me, I need to grow more than her. But what's my point? My point is, is that you need to be evenly yoked with somebody. Find somebody that loves, and let me say this, ladies, listen to me, I got a couple more things. Don't miss this. Find somebody that loves Jesus more than you. Because if they, listen, listen, listen. If they love you, 
more than Jesus, then they can love somebody else real quick. But if they love Jesus, their conscience is alive. There's a conviction in their soul. Now, I want to say this to our divorce folks. We have lots of divorce. God loves you. God will restore you. God will give you another chance. God will give you another future. But I want to help set you up biblically that if you do go into a relationship again, we know some principles so you don't have to go that way again. Does that make sense? I'll close with this. Your single season is a time to sharpen focus and clarify vision. Try things. You can't mess up anybody else's life but yourself. I think I'm going to try this. I think I'm going to do this. Maybe it's a career change. It's the time to do it. Are you with me? I want to move to Oregon. Go for it. People are weird. But anyway, so I'm just joking. I shouldn't have said that. We love everybody kind of on the West Coast. But this is a time to explore. It's a time to expand. It's a time to go back. It's a time to think. It's a time. Let, me, let me tell you. It, are, are, you with, are you with me? Yes. I'll close with this scripture. I hope you guys have had fun. Have y'all learned anything yet? Is this exciting to anybody? Proverbs chapter 29. I love this verse. Where there is no vision, you got to have a vision. Singleness is the greatest season of your life. To clar Listen, it's to clarify focus, to sharpen your focus, to sharpen your vision. God has called me to be this. God has called me to do this. Where there's no vision, single people perish. All people perish. So I'll close with this. Let this time as a single person be a moment to establish a pattern of daily connection with God. Stay with me. I got a couple of minutes and I'm closing. Number one, I want to establish, don't wait till you get married to develop a quiet time. Do it now because when you get married, there's very little quiet time. That was funny. Y'all missed it. I'm working harder than y'all laughing. My gosh. <laughs> this is a time to develop your Bible reading. Learn these habits. Bring these daily habits of speaking the word and confessing the word of God and getting in the Bible and prayer and praying in this way. Develop those, develop those habits now, and then you bring it into your marriage if, if God's called you to be married. All right. Number two, develop good life habits, physical life habits, working out, saving, being good financial stewards. Develop all of those habits now as a single person. Number three, be accountable to godly people of the same sex. Men, you need other men in your life to help disciple you. Ladies, you need, uh, listen. That, I thank God for Pastor Doug Arman, the man that was up at the Little Creek campus. Thank God for Pastor Doug. I was in his Bible study. I'm 19 years old in the French Quarter, messed up. Give my heart to Jesus, I get saved. Six months later, I'm in Shoney's eating translucent shrimp with Brother Doug. I've said it before, those shrimp are from the devil, I'm telling you. I needed godly men in my life. I needed godly men. My pastor, Mike Kutchie, is another friend. I needed men in my life. Why? Because I needed anchors in me. I needed anchors in my life. Don't be a lone ranger. He even had Tonto. That whole movie's a lie. You'll get that after lunch. <laughs> you need people around you. Open your life up to people. Allow people to speak into your life. Allow people to coach you up. Allow. This is the moment. Come on, are y'all with me or not? This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. The wounds of a friend are better than the kisses from the enemy. Have men in your life, guys. Ladies, have ladies in your life that can love you, coach you, help you, build you, speak truth to you.
We all need people in our life that add and multiply. Get away from those that subtract and divide. Get with people that'll build you up. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. And then the last one is this. I'm challenging every single person at every one of our campuses. I'm challenging you. Set goals. Dream big. Stretch. Grow as a person. Believe God. Write it down. I'm going to, listen, this is the moment in your life to dream big, to believe big. Say, God, all things are possible. Lord, I want to I do something significant with my life for God. Then, all of a sudden, your gauge begins to change of who you're looking for to do it with. Come on, are y'all with me? All of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm looking, hey, are you wanting to do something big for God? I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm talking about being an accountant, being an attorney, being an architect, being whatever God's called you to be. But I want to make a difference with my life. Come on, is that what you're after? Come on, is that what you're, look, hey, hey, I want to make it, look, hey, listen, I got a vision, I got a vision, come on, let's put our visions together and let's do something even bigger in a multiplied fashion for God. That's what a healthy, one times one equals one. That's what God's plan is for your life. Come on, I want everybody to stand. Woo! I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. That's our... Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. And I'm going to ask all of our campus pastors to come on the stage right now. And Maybe you're in a pl this place, and i got one minute. You don't know Jesus. You're not sure about your relationship with God. The very first thing to getting healthy. Man, when I was in college, a freshman, I'm like, God, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I needed to be healthy. But I couldn't do it by myself. I needed Jesus. And you need Jesus. We need Jesus, who loves us. He's not condemning us. God's not mad at you. Listen, that's for somebody in this room. God is not mad at you. He loves you. He cares about you. Jesus died for you. Do you know Christ? You know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God. Just a moment. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up forward. Or, but right where you are, if you say, Pastor, in just a moment, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me new. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. I can't save you, church. The king can't save you. Let me tell you who saves. His name is Jesus. <clears throat> He's the lover of your soul. He's the one that died on the cross for you. My question is, do you know Christ? You know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God. In just a moment, the count of three, if you say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me. I want to surrender my life to him. I'm going to ask you to kind of just lift your hand up high so I can see it. One, two, three. Quickly, put your hand up high so I can. God bless you, sir. Anybody else, pastor? God bless you. God bless you, sir, as well. Anybody else, pastor? Pray for me. God bless you right there. Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, honey, right there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, honey, right there. Anybody else, pastor? Pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my religion. God bless you up top right there. God bless you, ma'am. I believe that God brought you here today, ma'am. He loves you and he cares about you. He cares about you. Let's pray. Church, with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, come on, let's play together. Can we do that? Say, dear Jesus, come on, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin.'" 
I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit, the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me. Give me 30 seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ as your Savior, there's a card behind your chair. I'm going to ask you to fill it out. You can go to Guest Central. There's some pastors there or up front. By the way, our altar is open for anybody that needs prayer for anything. Father, bless your people as they go forth this day. I particularly pray for the single people in our church. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them by this message, that they would pursue you with all their heart. They're great men of God. They are great women of God. They are loved and celebrated by you and in this church. God, I speak the grace of God upon every man, woman, boy, and girl. May favor rest upon you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, can we live the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that? Come on. God bless you guys. We love you.